ho, 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 Merry Christmas, and welcome to the Gridiron Crew Podcast. This is the Week 16 Review Crew Pod. It's Christmas week, and we hope you've all had a brown time. This isn't Santa Claus, unfortunately. I'm your host, Danny McVeigh, but I'm joined by a team of dedicated elves to help me break down this week's action. First up, we have all the way from Canada, Stu Bell. Stu, how are you, mate? All right, Merry Christmas to you and the rest oh, of the crew and all the listeners. I'm doing really well. Uh, I got the greatest Christmas present of all. I qualified for both of the review crew or the Gridiron Crews Fantasy League finals in our Dynasty and in our Redraft League. So um, I'm I'm more than over the moon and overjoyed and happy to be here. I hear that you're a finalist as well, Danny. Let's pass on, right? And second <laughs> up, we have Craig Smith. Craigie, how are you, mate? How are we doing, Danny boy? I am. I'm absolutely brilliant. I've had a brilliant, brilliant Christmas. Um, Santa was good to me. Got some good, uh, yeah, good presents, good NFL gear, which I'm, I'm sure we'll have a blather about. You show and tell. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling out just now. I'm finishing off the rest of the, uh, the Christmas day bevy that didn't get drunk. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to baby. chatting about the, the Christmas. Baby. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so no, never better, mate. Never better. Good to talk to you boys again. I know it's class. I know. I'm a. I'm happy. Yesterday, the day before, food coma, drink coma. Wasn't he feeling it? I was feeling like I was just like a big bloated ball just rolling about the house. So feeling much better tonight. I've got a nice pint here. A wee Jack Daniels chaser. Good weekend of football. What's not you love? Uh, how was uh, Christmas in the the freezing sub temperatures of Canada then, Stu? Like, that must have obviously we're now seeing it sweeping down through America. It was interfering with all the games. So, is it as cold as they were making it, or are they just a bunch of big Jessies? Uh, they weren't as cold as we were, but we've warmed up a bit now. It's actually only minus eight today, so it feels tropical. Roasted. I was out there in a normal, normal jacket. Normal jacket. Was, was the abnormal jacket then? Well, it's your winter jacket that's good for like minus 30, minus 40. So, like, I, uh, bet, you know, I don't know what that is. Filled with goose, you're filled with goose feathers and things like that. Oh, one of the nice and warm. blubber. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> <laughs> You'll freeze out there. I mean, I will say I'm sitting drinking a milkshake right now. So, I mean, it's not, it's really felt, felt quite warm today. And I'm also hungover to absolute F. And, uh, <laughs> this is a chocolate milkshake from uh, McDonald's, as Jeannie calls it. Or, sorry, Morvin. Uh, Mick at Donald's to her. Um, that's my my cure. So I'm ho- I'll hopefully be back on uh, on it later on the night. But uh, last night was a late one. Obviously celebrating that qualification for both finals and uh, staying up till about three thirty in the morning. Trying not uh, talking about nice, fantasy in this, nice, this pod. Let's move on. <laughs> no fantasy, only reality. <laughs> right. No, we're moving on. Right. The fantasy gods have smited me this year. Right. I was in the precipice of two finals. I was heading in the playoffs and then bang, down I go. Anyway. I'm glad we're ripping off this band. It's a bit like the Patriots band-aid that we had to rip Weeshed. off in the previous pod. We're just, the other week, guys. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get, get the plaster off now. Danny's in the jobby bowl. He's in the jobby bowl with Shady. Ah, fucking all. It's, it's going to be a tremendous, uh, tremendous <laughs> spectacle. We all can't wait. We're all glad to be on the outside looking in. 
Shaney's going for the triple crown, though. He is, he is. He's won that thing twice. Yeah. I feel the pressure I need to beat him just because... I want him to end up yeah. with the triple crown, and that way he actually gets to keep the trophy. I think. I think that's the way it's it has high. to be. Is it three times you keep it? What is it, what is it like the World Cup? Was it, I think it's three times, times you keep it. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll go to three, three and you times. keep it. Okay. But anyway, you know, right before anyway, we back to the alley. <laughs> before we start this podcast, I feel we have to apologise for last week's preview show. Uh, the team showed a total error in judgment, and we, the crew, are. Deeply and sincerely apologetic. From the bottom of our hearts, Gravy should never have been number one pick. <laughs> it was an embarrassment to us all. I am embarrassed. I'm sure everybody out there listening was embarrassed at the time. Behind the scenes, I am working hard to reform everybody in the crew so that Gravy is no longer number one pick. I'm passing on my wisdom because we all know roast tatties are the true number one overall pick. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I have to agree, Danny. I have to agree. Because I, we were know, talking about this just before the pod started. And I had Pigs and Blankets as my number one pick, which is a solid choice. You know, yeah. everyone no, loves a, a solid blanket. Choice. But, but, but when 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 they were done as well as these roast potatoes well on Christmas Day, because I've got to say, these were knocked out of the park. They were a number one pick. They were outstanding. Brilliant roasties. Right. Well, 20, I mean, twenty-one about, now, Stu. It's more than that. It's about sixty-one <laughs> if you talk to the rest of the crew. But I still stand by it because I think people were looking at it not in the spirit of a true draft. Like maybe I went into it going the wrong way around because I was playing it as if we were going to be doing a full, you know, seven rounds draft of Christmas dinner where you're picking multiple items. <laughs> so I went, Ken, what? I'm going. I've got first overall pick. I know it's a bit of a reach, but I'm going in and taking gravy because that means nobody else can have it. <laughs> so when they come back around and they're left with the, I've drafted turkey later on. At the it end was of strategy. Two. Is that um, what it was? It was draft strategy. Draft strategy. Then other people will be sitting going, oh crap, I'm stuck with applesauce. <laughs> because I'd be taking cranberry sauce and something after that. So I'd be sitting with my gravy, my turkey, <laughs> and my cranberry sauce. It's like, I've got all that stuff locked down. And I'll take mashed tatties pretty fine. I mean, roast potatoes are excellent. And uh, we also had a fine roast potato with our dinner. Um, but no, I think the highlight of my Christmas dinner this year was actually the turkey. And I'm oh. not usually a turkey guy, but we, uh, I mean, more so Pamela than me. But um, I did have the, the honour of being the one in charge of the checking of the temperature and making sure it's cooked all the way through. Oh, yes. 55. I never knew, I, I never <laughs> knew that turkey could actually not be dry as the desert in like a lump of sand so it turns out apologies mother my mum just has been overcooking turkey <laughs> for years because i thought i hated turkey turns out i don't just turns out i hate overcooked turkey she nailed it the turkey was absolutely excellent so it was a revelation i'm not blowing my own trumpet but again i was just telling the guys before we come on here how halfway through my Christmas dinner, the tur- the oven packed in. I had to go to the other oven, air fryer, still knocked out of the park. I mean, succulent, just running out of it. The gravy made from it was absolutely unreal. The roast potatoes, though. You can't have gravy, though. Stu's got gravy. No. Yeah, I took the gravy. Okay. 
Okay, yeah. so he's pouring it onto like a packet of smash or something because he's got no roast potatoes or anything, but he's got good exactly. gravy. Well, okay then. My roast potatoes cooked in a wee bit of garlic, <laughs> some rosemary and thyme, duck fat, uh, goose fat. Right, anyway, I'm salivating here. Let's move on, right? Kick-off question. It's got to be a simple one this week, lads. What NFL gear did Santa bring these? And I need you know, since it's just between us, are you actually disappointed in it, right? Because like you're better half something to listen to the podcast, are they? So you can you can tell us if you know she bought you like, a Baker Mayfield jersey or something like that, and think oh you'd like that. So what'd you get, Stu? Uh, I actually never got any NFL gear. <laughs> are you I disappointed? I mean, I'm not disappointed because. We, we kind of had a rule this year we were we're trying to save a bit of money. So, be totally honest, we decided no presents between the two years. Um, but I know that I'm going to be getting a new Bengals jersey from Brian. Uh, you know, once, I think next week, what was it Martin was saying? Basically, as if the Steelers finish ahead of them, Brian needs to buy for the both of us, but if the Steelers finish last, then Martin needs to buy. So either way, the Bengals are finishing above the Steelers and the Browns. So I've got a new Bengals jersey coming my way anyway. So be I'll be nice. I'll be happy enough. So um, I was I'm okay with getting nothing this year. DHK's finest. Oh, I DHK's finest. <laughs> One bell. Allegedly, right? Okay, in case anybody's listening. But Smudger, what did you get? Tell me about your. Your NFL swag for Santa. I did. I did, I did okay. Santa, Santa was good to me this year. Got got some decent NFL swag, but I am I am most excited, and I'm going to hold up to the camera so you boys can see. Ooh. I got the board game NFL American Football Billionaire. Looks looks a kind of bit like Monopoly. Um, there's 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 obviously loads of money involved in it. There's loads of cards. Um, it looks like the board is some kind of like field and uh yeah so, you get like wild cards and all sorts of things so i'm thinking maybe we could get a wee cheeky game of that maybe next draft weekend nice. uh, have a super week, bowl week weekend yes quite possibly i can't, possibly. Wait. And, I can't um, wait to see uh, brian blowing uh like 50 million dollars worth of cap space on, uh, <laughs> on another rapist i mean alleged rapist <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and i also got also got a very interesting book as well i got i got the uh the 2022 nfl Compendium. I don't know what that compendium means. Compendium of interesting facts and records about different topics of the NFL. Now, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying that it, it doesn't go into interesting depth, but I'll, I'll just read you an excerpt from it. Ooh. Okay, here, here we go. Oh, so, go for it. So okay, looking okay. a book here. We'll learn something new here. The NFL is the most popular sport in the United States, with tens of thousands of fans tuning in every Sunday, Monday, and every other day of the week to support their teams to cheer them on. Additionally, the competition has a lengthy history with several rule revisions and roster changes. I mean, oh, call me flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> these these so are how just it? such nuggets of information that I, I didn't know about. There you go. And uh, there you go. open up there. I'll show you. Yeah, some really interesting, uh, interesting stats about oh. all the teams. Uh, I think we need yeah. a weekly statistics straight from it. Then we, we just run about the bikes. <laughs> Go, go right. to Minnesota. Okay. Do you want a Vikes one? Okay. Right, let's do a Vikes one. Here we go. 
Here we go. Bert Rose, Minnesota's general manager when the club entered the NFL in 1961, offered the moniker to the organization's board of directors because it symbolized both an aggressive individual with a determination to win and the Nordic tradition in the mo- modern modern northern Midwest. Easy for you, see. So. There you go. There you go. So anyway, I'll, I'll get some uh, interesting uh, statistics out of this, I'm sure. I'm right. sure it goes into a bit more depth towards the end of it. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I did superb, I've got to say. I get a nice get stitch, stitched Mac Jones jersey, road jersey, nice. stitched from the States, brought in. I get a nice throw from a patch room, so my couch behind me now is a nice comfy throw. I got a darts case, a Patriots darts case Ooh. to hold my darts in, so that's pretty cool. And I got a voucher for my tattoo, which I'm going to get on my calf, Ooh. which is going to be a Patriots Tattoo. Not but fumble, unfortunately. Uh, oh no, Scott's getting that one. Sorry. I'm going to get Sorry. the Chandler, the Chandler Jones lateral play screen <laughs> <laughs> in my leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got that. So no, I did uh, exceptionally well. Santa knows fine well. Just buy any anything that's got a Pat's logo on it, and I am happy as Larry. So I did good. Right, let's move on to the news, and there's only one story, because, gentlemen, twas a night after Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The Bronco fans were rocking alone in their chair in hopes that Coach Hackett soon wouldn't be there. Ian Rapsheet was nestled all stuck in his bed, while visions of exclusives danced in his head. But George Payton and Dangerous looked at his cap, and with their brains exploded before a long winter's nap. Because after the sofi there arose such a clatter, Rapsheet sprang to Twitter to tell what was the matter. 51-14 against the poor old Rams, and the infighting the bitching by a team full of bams. The moon on the breast of a new-fallen snow told Nathaniel Hackett simply he had to go. Yes, lads, unsurprisingly, it's the end of the Nathaniel Hackett era in Denver. He was sacked on Monday following a humiliating 51-14 defeat to the Rams. <laughs> Bravo, mate. That, that Did you enjoy that? a round of applause. That was Thank tremendous. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank that you. was lovely of the barb. <laughs> I was like, I think, Danny, I didn't know you had that in you. I've got hidden talents, mate. I've got hidden talents. Certainly what do. can I say? No, I, <laughs> see, I, I just feel I've taken the, the whole emphasis away the fact that Nathaniel Hackett lasted 15 games just due to my pure talents as a poet and a scholar. But we will do our best to move on. So 4-11 he finished. Absolutely pumped. 51-14. I was really Baker. surprised. An well, I'm not surprised. Disaster. Yeah, I'm not surprised he was fired. It's, there's been something wrong there in Denver since the start of the or before the start of the season. We all saw it. It was like watching a car crash, like in real time, playing out slowly every single week. Uh, the only good thing they had going for them was the defense, which kept them in games, but they could never win. They had all that money and dangerous, and uh, him and the coach never seemed to get along, and uh, they just nothing was right. Uh, the other fact I'd like to share about it is this is only the fifth time in history that a head coach has been fired when he's uh, served less than a year um, as head coach of the team. And uh, the other ones are uh, who we had. We've had Urban Meyer, obviously, last year. That was a 
probably even a bigger disaster than what's happened with the Denver Broncos. Really? Bobby Petrie. You think so? Urban Meyer was a car. Look how good the Jaguars are now. <laughs> no, but but look at the Jaguars team they took over. No, oh, that was a shit yeah. show. Most people thought looked at the team this year and went, okay, add in uh, Russell Wilson. That's a Super Bowl worthy squad. The you know talent, defense, offense. Now yeah. they add in the final piece. Well, the defense was that level. They did have that level of talent on the defense. It's just the offense was all over the place. But I don't know. I'd, Urban Meyer had other issues going on. I think Nathaniel Hackett seemed to be more really disliked. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Any, anywho, the other people fired Bobby Petrino, the Atlanta Falcons, 2007. I think he went 3-10. and 10. Um, Who else? Pete McCauley, the Niners back in the 70s, 1-8. and eight. And then Lou Holtz is the only other one for the New York Jets back in 1976. He went 3-10. and 10. And... For most of them, though, it's like Hackett's kind of got the, the unenviable position of being only the second NFL co- or someone that's came from another NFL team or another NFL coaching position that's been fired in less than a year. All those other guys like Meyer and Holtz, etc., or the other three, they were all straight out of college. So you could see it's maybe just one of those things where guys are not able to make that adjustment because college ball and dealing with a college team is very different from dealing with the older guys that you get in the NFL and the bigger egos and you know it's a, it's it's a different kettle of fish. You're dealing with different things. So I can see why some of the college guys fails. But hack it, yeah, he just he couldn't hack it, could he? Oh broom. No. I've been waiting to say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, um, I mean you look you look at Hackett's record, the, the, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean it's 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 hardly surprising that he is the the shortest tenure of a of a head coach in, in the franchise history. Not not an interim, you know, head coach, but uh, yeah, the you know, the fact that they've got the the, the league's worst uh, fifteen and a half points average per game. I mean, like it's absolutely pitiful. Some of the games, like some of the points that they're putting up. You look at the beginning of the season, the build up to this season. You know when when Wilson came in and all the hype that came along with it. Um, like you know, touted as this one missing piece in the Denver Broncos offense, everything was going to you know be held together by this um, quarterback acquisition and the, the amount of money that they've, they've they've thrown at him as well. And I say Hackett, you know, from from the very very beginning, like week one, his play calling was was kind of called into question. You know, having Brandon McManus attempting that sixty four yard field goal, um, when you've just say you've got somebody like Russell Wilson, when you know you. That's what you're paying him all that money for, you know. Convert a fourth and five. No, no, no. We're going to attempt a sixty-four yard field goal. Um, had it been, you know, a sixty-one yard field goal, and you know, somebody like Greg Joseph kicking it, for example, <laughs> I'm sure he would have absolutely nailed it. And we'll talk about that later on. But maybe you know, Brandon McManus, maybe yeah, did, did not. They lost the game. But I mean, yeah. It, so you know, the game management issues. Yeah, like the fact that they then had to, you know, hire uh, another, you know. Uh, member of backroom staff to kind of help with the play. Was it Ro- Rosberg? Was his I forget his first name? Yeah, he's because uh, uh, he's, he's now he, he's now interim, he, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, he he was clock management. 
clock, yeah, clock management. You know, the fact that you had like the the home fans in the stadium like counting <laughs> down to help yeah. out Hackett. You know, yeah. that that's when the alarm bells are kind of ringing. When, you, when, when your fans are trying went. to help your head the coach. fans were trying to call timeouts. Like, <laughs> exactly. So fans were throwing the challenge flag on the field. Fans chucking flags onto the field. Do you, think, yeah. oh, do, you, do you think Wilson has a future? Do you think he's just this massive bust? Like do you look for, for example, right? There's one name that's got to get thrown at this straight away, Sean Payton. For mm-hmm. example, just assume they go heavy, make Sean Payton the most the the highest paid NFL coach in history, whatever it might be. I don't even know if they'll get draft picks they can give sense for it, but just assume they can sort all that out, right? Yeah. Do do they fix does that fix Russell Wilson? I mean I was talking about it last week for Wilson and I was saying how like maybe is there some lingering thing with the finger and it's one of those things where it could sort itself out over time and next year he comes back because I mean he's not that old yet and the thing with Russell Wilson is until this year almost every single year he's always kind of in and about that MVP conversation at least for parts of the season Um, although I will note that he's never had a single vote for MVP, he might be guys that, you know, the media maybe push him a lot, but he, he never has received a single vote for MVP. But personally, I think he's a decent quarterback, and I, I think he's more likely to bounce back than, a, you know, obviously Stafford, he's a bit older, and um, he's coming off injury too, but I, I would put more faith in him coming back to Stafford or than, uh, you know, some, even Tom Brady's starting to kind of fall off a bit now. Sorry, Danny, but I mean... You watch your map, boy. But yeah, I think if you brought in someone experienced as head coach, because I can't see them, they're at the stage now where it's totally go time and they've got off to the worst possible start, like we all said there. Like, they went in it this year, the media were touting them as like, oh, maybe they could take a run, maybe they could win the division. Although apparently every team in that uh, division could win it, apart from Kansas, and uh, here we are again. Um, But yeah, for Denver, I think that, if you have someone like Sean Payton or someone experienced, I think they could unlock Russell Wilson because Sean Payton yeah. at least has a big enough ego and personality and market kind of value that Russell Wilson is going to listen to him. Because I wonder how much of the problem with Denver is that Russell Wilson just didn't really care about what Hackett had to say. As soon as he started making decisions that Wilson didn't like, he just kind of went, I screw you. Yeah. I mean, Wilson, at the end of the day, like, He's a Super Bowl winner. He's he, he obviously has, you know, he's got great talent, and, and and he showed that when he was at the Seahawks. And you do wonder a little bit, like when he went from the Seahawks to the Broncos, and then when Geno Smith came in, like how well he's kind of gone into that role um, at, at Seattle. And, and you just think, you know, is it is it purely down to the coaching staff um, at Denver that are real, you know, the play calling? That, like you say, they haven't unlocked what Wilson can can do properly, and if there is that change, you know, it's possible. You can see it in other teams that that manage to get the best out of, I'd say, lesser quarterbacks. So it, it's finding that right, you know, that right combination there, and and somebody like Payton, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's 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 been out um, for several months, but you know, I wouldn't Would... be surprised at all if if he yeah. if he went in there. But then to see any other team that has quarterbacks that are doing, I say, tremendously well, um, you would have to look at, okay, well, you know, 
who have they got as their offensive coordinator? Who have they got as their, you know, um, backroom staff? Is, is there somebody there that's, you know, eyeing up that next step towards a, a head coaching position that might be willing come the end of the season to, you know, to take the plunge? Um, but I said that the biggest issue is going to be if they do want to try and get other other talent in as well. You know, they've, they've ploughed a lot of money into Wilson. That's going to be a big struggle. They're just well, he's on draft capital as well. Yes. Yeah. He's, yes, he's done. Yeah, you can't cut Wilson. It's because, like, oh, what you have one hundred and seven million dollars in dead cap uh, was what I read yeah. earlier. If they were to cut him, um, and the other question, just quickly on it, um, Sean Payton, do we think that if he is going to come back next year, would he even go to the Denver Broncos, or do you think he holds it for another team like I don't know, say the Packers or someone like that, if they end up dumping their coach, obviously I, pending coming. I would never see Matt, Matt LaFleur getting a sack, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I'm just I as know. an example, you know, as an but, example. But I, think, I, think, I think it's more like sort of Brandon Staley going at the Chargers. I think if we want a leak QB, does he believe that Wilson is the man? Does he have the talent? I don't know. Again, if they throw enough money at him, who knows? I don't think he would do it. That's my opinion on it. It's just I think Sean Payton would look at the Broncos and probably say nope because it's too much a tyre fire and if he comes in Sean Payton wants to be seen as that kind of all winning head coach like that's the reason he left the Saints when he did was it was starting to damage his name as well just that they'd got themselves into money problems and draft problems and all that so he headed for the exit because he's like well they're going to be rebuilding for a bit so yeah, well, that's that's right. the, the, the well, financial situation. I mean, I mean, it's way it's way worse than Denver's, but even so, they fi- they um, always find a way. I get that, but they don't. Have yeah, but they've been kind of kicking. They've been kicking. Saints have been kicking that can down the road for a while, as far as restructuring, you know, contracts and everything is concerned um, when it comes to um, salaries and, and and cap space. So, yeah, with well, with Denver, yeah, they're not say they're not anywhere near in the same league as far as that's concerned. But yeah, I. I I would be surprised if, if somebody like Sean Payton did decide to go to Denver. I could see it being more somebody, as I say, that's looking to take that that step into, you know, somebody that's maybe not been a head coach before, um, comes in with some fresh ideas, but has a history of working closely with a QB and, and getting the best out of them. So, yeah, come the end of the season, there's certainly a few few potential candidates for that. Well, I'm sure, kind of getting into Black Monday and stuff like that, we'll have a better oh, yes. idea about the lay of the land is and what jobs are coming up, and we'll, well, I'm sure we'll dive deeper in that. But let, let's just get straight into these games, right? Because this was an absolute brilliant weekend. There was, again, spoil for choice, loads of great games, big impacts on playoff uh, implications. But we have settled for three games. First up, we have the 13-1 and Philadelphia Eagles travel to Arlington, Texas, to take on the 10-4 and four Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles had a chance to clinch the number one seed in the NFC, but the Cowboys had other ideas. Brett Meher's uh, kick, uh, field goal, uh, Brett Meher's field goal uh, to go ahead late in the game gave the Cowboys a 40-34 uh, win on Christmas Eve. Darren Minshew was obviously in at QB for the Eagles in place of the injured Jalen Hurts. What did we take from this then, lads? Like at the end of the day, did we get the real Eagles? Are we seeing the real Cowboys? Do we think both teams are legit? Smudger, what do you think? Ah, I think you've got to, you've got to start with Minshew on this one. Minshew being back, 
playing for the Eagles. I I thoroughly enjoyed watching Gary Minshew getting back on the field. I thought I think considering how little he's played this year, I, I thought he was brilliant. I, I really really enjoyed watching him. Um, and I, I thought the Eagles for all okay, yeah, they, they, they've lost the game, but he, he had some absolutely unreal throws to to Devonta Smith and and AJ Brown. They they were both. Tremendous, you know, both of them having hundred yard plus games. Some some of the catches that, that they made, and some of the throws that Minshew made as well. I say this is a guy that's hardly played um, as a starting QB, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant. You know, he's putting himself in the shop window again. Um, absolutely, you know, because Hutz Hutz has been great. You know, as soon as he's back from from injury, he's going to be back in there for the playoffs. Um, but you've got you know two really young, talented wide receivers. They're not going anywhere as, as far as the Eagles are concerned. Um, I say, I still think it's all all looking very, very positive and all coming up for Philly at the moment, despite that loss to the Cowboys, which I know all Eagles fans will hate. But, you know, you don't want to lose to your biggest rivals. Of course you don't. But it's certainly it's not a disaster for them by any stretch. And as I say, I still would give full credit to Minshew. I, th- I thought he was brilliant. It was just such a fun game to watch. Um, and 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 I struggled to pick one of the several ridiculous, say, um, offensive plays on both sides, like the Cowboys and the Eagles. Say some some of the plays, some of the catches that were made on both sides, I feel were brilliant. Ty Hilton as well. Um, there was one absolutely ridiculous catch that he made. Um, just to say, great, great fun to watch. Um, I guess everything we would have hoped for. Um, so yeah. A good, good win for the Cowboys. Uh, they'll, they'll say good, good to beat the Eagles. Of course, it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we learned anything more other than I just, I just love Minshew. That, that's that was my take <laughs> from it. I just love the guy. Let's uh, say, other than that, what, what else do you want? <laughs> yeah, my my big takeaway from it was Dak is now back. Look, he's fully healthy. I think that's him properly back and in tune with the players again. I mean, not that he's been bad the last few weeks, like. He was rusty his first game back, but uh, that game against the Eagles, he he was excellent. And if we end up getting that as a playoff game, like or as a playoff matchup, again like that, that has me salivating like I was just before tucking into my Christmas dinner. Because just the thought of seeing the Cowboys and the Eagles going at it again, and them being division rivals and everything too. So if there's a way that you know the playoff fixtures work, I, I haven't looked at how it actually all shakes out, but I imagine that they would have to meet. Somewhere in there, mm. kind of did, thing. you mentioned Dark, but what did you make of that pick six? Or that was I, horrendous, I, though. Come on, the one that's sweat. Okay, the right, just, yes. just gonna go, thank you very much. And just, I, it was almost like you just went, Doink, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah, that one was a mistiming, but I'm still gonna say, on the balance of it all. I think Dak had a good day. It looked more like what people were talking about what Dak would be like for the season, like, uh, oh, Dak's going to be in the MVP conversation, and obviously he's not, but it's just good to see another quarterback playing well. And like Smudger yeah. said, Minshew was excellent, uh, too. Obviously didn't win the game, but I would say, like, he could start for a lot of the, t- maybe not a lot, but like six, seven, eight teams in the league, including the Denver Broncos. Imagine how good they would be with Gardner Minshew under center. Instead of Russell Wilson, yeah. maybe get him was, in as the backup QB. To be honest, you, you're <laughs> probably right there. Uh, Mitch, I mentioned he was class, was it 355 yards, two such yep. times, two interceptions, a couple of interceptions were a bit, a couple of times. He, 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 he hoofed them up. 
Yeah, yeah. But again, you, you can forgive him for that, and, and the fact that he, the fact that he did it against the Cowboys as well. I mean, let's you know the Cowboys defensively are are solid. You know, so the fact that he's coming in as I say against one of your biggest rivals, playing in a game like that, you've you've not have played a lot this season to to put them up up the number of points he did, the number of yards he did, and everything else. Say full credit to him. Got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think there's an, an issue with the Dallas defense though, over the last few weeks? Mm. You know they're struggling against the, the Texans. You know they're uh, obviously they're put up what was it? Jeez, uh, what was this game? Thirty four points. Uh, you know Parsons isn't he making the big impact plays that he was doing earlier in the year? I don't think he's in the running anymore for defensive player of the year. You know he was a cert, I think. Halfway through the season, are they kind of losing it just at the wrong time? Just as the offense is now starting to click, to say we let CD Lamb just looked absolutely unreal. You know, that touchdown, his Aye. first touchdown, I think it was when he gets the ball, just spins the other way, just leaves the, the yeah. DB absolutely on toast, walks in. He went 10 for 120 yards, two touchdowns. You know, they just looked superb. Gallup was in there, touchdown. T.Y. Hilton made the th- third and 30 conversion he caught, which was absolutely unreal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they're all yeah. off. they've obviously got, you know, Zeke running. They've got Pollard behind, you know, they've got Schultz in there as well. Offense seems to be clicking, but just now all of a sudden, this yeah. the defense that was arguably the best defense in the league early in the season just seems to be just, yeah, just giving up a wee bit. Too many plays. Yeah, I mean, I mean you'd say the they, they, step, they stepped yeah. up when it mattered. I mean, that that's maybe the only thing you'd say. Like they, they forced two turnovers that led to the two field goals, the kind of you know the final points that the Cowboys scored. So you give them credit for that at least. Um, and and they also did um, they did, they did a good interception as well. The uh, the rookie, um, Bland, Deron Bland. Um, Bland yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, you're right though. You you can't afford to consistently be conceding that number of points. Um, so as far as the Dallas D is concerned, yes, that there, there will be some concern there, and 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 that's something you know. Previously, in the, earlier in the season, you would say that was one of their biggest strengths. If they're going to make any kind of decent run in the playoffs, they they absolutely have to work on that because, like you were saying, offensively, um, it, it does seem to be now clicking. Dak, Dak is playing well again. Say Lamb had uh, had a brilliant game, two touchdowns. They're they are. Yeah, they're all coming together at the right time. So if if they can t- just tweak, you know, the players are there. You know, they, they've shown that earlier in the season. So if, if they can just you know, tighten the screw a wee bit as far as the the points of the leaking is concerned, um, force a few more turnovers. Concerned. Yeah, Dallas Dallas could be a serious yeah serious contender. Absolutely. I yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, was also, I was just going to say like the the big winner for me though from this this game is Jalen Hurts. As much as we're talking about how good Minshew is, this probably helps Hurts in the MVP quest. Like for the Philadelphia Eagles losing, because if they won with Minshew, you start getting people in the media kind of giving it that. Oh, you know, is it just actually the system that's winning and the the overall team, and it's not actually Hurts? And to me, like I I can't take anything away from Hurts all this year, so I would never be in that camp anyway. But I think from that MVP voting and the, the battle between him and Mahomes, because it seems to be a two-horse race, which I don't think yeah. it should be, but we can talk about that when we get to the Vikings game. Um, so the like, I've not revealed who I'm talking about there. It's not Kirk Cousins, though. Uh, <laughs> so anywho, 
Yeah, like with Hurtsoe, I think he's probably a big winner, at least in terms of that MVP race kind of thing. And for, for Dallas and the Eagles, they're both heading to the playoffs. And if that's a showcase of what we're going to get in the playoffs, then bring it on. I can't wait. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, Min- Minshew, as I said, yeah. Uh, just just to see him playing, say, the, the, the stash Playing again in a, in a starting QB role for me was just the, was the best thing about it, and I don't know what will happen with him as far as you know next season is concerned. Other other teams that might decide to make a move for him because you know Hurts, you know he's firmly the starting QB in that team. But if they're thinking maybe they want to pick up a few extra you know extra pieces elsewhere, um, get get a rookie backup QB. Um, you know Minshew as far as putting himself in the short windows concerned has done himself no harm. I think Minshew himself as well. He he knows he's got the talent, um, and and from his point of view, he doesn't want to be sitting as a backup QB. So I, I think it's a case of not not if he moves, but just where he moves to, um, as far as next season's concerned. Nice one, right? Let's move on then. Next game, Craig, hold yourself, brace yourself. Okay, eleven and three Minnesota Vikings hosted the eight five and one. New York Giants on Christmas Eve and what was the usual finish to a Vikings game? They don't do blowouts. As time expired, I think it was four seconds leg uh, left. Greg, Greg was a four second leg. This is new nickname. <laughs> I was going to call him the new leg. Greg, the new leg. Joseph scored a franchise record, sixty-one yard field goal, to give the Vikings a 27-24 victory over the G-Men for their NFL record setting eleventh one-score winner this season. Craig, take it away. We finally have a kicker. <laughs> you had one in Blair Walsh. Is about <laughs> time. Ah, oh, honestly, I was so so delirious at the end of this game. I mean, sixty-one yards, a Vikings record field goal. Uh, it was just. Tremendous. I mean, for all the all the kicker pain that we have suffered, um, that the past few games, Joseph has been absolutely brilliant. And, and this was just like kind of icing on the cake that the scenes at the end of the game when he when he made that kick were just say absolutely brilliant. You don't I, find I loved... it baffling though, the fact that it's just becoming almost standard, the fact that a kicker, any kicker, letting Greg Joseph's a good kicker. You wouldn't put him in the Justin Tucker or, you know, Crosby or Butker or whatever it may yeah, be yeah. field, you know, but he just nailed, I'm Langenship, uh, he just nailed a 60, 61, 61 yard yards. I know. And, to win a game. And yeah. it's almost like we go, aye, cool, aye, that's, yeah. It's just mental. Is it not? The fact that kickers are just becoming such a massive part of the game now. Yeah, oh, it's it's huge, absolutely huge, and I mean, just um, just just the lift I think that that gives gives the whole team as well. I mean, um, it was it was a close game. Um, we you know we, we took a kind of early leads and and looked fairly comfortable, but we let the Giants back into it. Um, you know, everything ended up getting tied up towards the end of the game. Saquon's run towards the end of the touchdown, and then the, the two point conversion to kind of tie things up. And yeah, that, that must could... have been disappointing from a Vikings point of view because was that on third down, fourth down, whatever it was? Uh, yeah. I think it was fourth down. 
in the what twenty seven yard run, the Barkley just been scampered right oh, through just, the middle. Yep. Absolutely. That's and, just Saquon doing Saquon things. Um and but still and it was from a defensive point of view. Point, yeah. But you know, against against some of these running backs, um with with a talent that he's got as well. Sometimes there's just there, there is literally there's nothing that sometimes he can do about that. Just his his agility, the way that he can say fool fool a defender into thinking he's going one way, and then just to say change change of pace, change of direction. Um, sequence sequence. See, he's he's a special talent. Um, but tell but tell, from your point of view, right? We'll move on to GM in a minute. Tell us about the Vikings, though, because to me there was two clutch players in this entire game: JJ PJ Hawk. Yeah, tell us about them. Oxen had that. a absolute standout game. His his touchdown catch um, for a start was was unreal. Um, he, he looked he looked as if he'd winded himself as well when he landed. You know, you saw this like, the touchdown yeah. touchdown celebration. They after long gave him CPR. Started giving him CPR. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, was, there was some actually there was, there was some brilliant celebrations. Um, I don't know if you saw. Did you see uh, Patrick Peterson's celebration at the end zone when he um, when he got the interception as well? And he was he was doing the the mock World Cup penalty kick. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it, was, it, it was brilliant as well. There was there was some really good ones. Um, but yeah, I Hawkinson had a great game. Um, that's it. We we talked we touched on it briefly. Um, that the last time we were talking about the Vikes playing, the fact that they had you know four different players, four different touchdowns. Like Cousins, I say he's he's spreading the ball about really really well. Um, and and. The, the justification for say the, the the trade for Hawkinson um is now just you know really really showing because he's that just added that you know, added that extra option for him um as far as that little bit of a you know little bit of a safety valve the focus was always on JJ you know JJ's tremendous you know all the coverage has been directed towards him but that just opens up these little opportunities now for I say whether it's Osborne whether it's Hawkinson whether it's Thielen doesn't matter. Cousins is finding a way to say distribute the ball out to them, and then on top of that, if he doesn't want to do that, he's got, he's got Dalvin Cook there as well. Um, yeah, I'd say just I think more and more like we we said after after the the, the comeback win um, against the Colts, you know, we kind of talked about you know how legit are the Vikings, and you know are are they are they a bit of a you know, fortunate lucky team? Um, I think there's only so much now that you can really you know say to that, you know, the, the the record that they've now got this season, you know, not all of these wins are all accidental um or or are, as a result of pure luck. There is a say there's, there's a there's depth there. There's a belief there. Um and they say the more that this team continues to win, the more that they continue to believe that they can win. But um, you win five or six or whatever it is by the one score. You can yeah. say that's luck. You're now eleven games where you're winning by one score. No, you correct me if I'm wrong, but was it not last year he's lost about eleven games by one score? Yeah, yeah, or something. Last, like yeah, that. last last year it was, I get it was it was fine margins. Yeah, last year was such a frustrating season um, because yeah. So you've just um, flipped flipped the cards a bit here. You've just been right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to actually go and win these games, and your fence has done it. Yeah, and I wonder if it's I wonder if it's in part the cha- the change in the coaching staff. I mean, under Mike Zimmer, sometimes there was that feeling of conservative. a little bit too conservative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, sometimes you know not going for it in the fourth downs the way that we you know we we, we have done um, in, in certain key games this year under O'Connell. So I think I think just instilled a bit of belief. 
um, you know, a, a bit of that. Listen, like we've, you know, we've got the talent, we've got the belief in each other. Um, when you know, when this team is down, I say everybody's got each other's back. All try to lift each other, and as I say, it it really, really makes the difference. So, Stu, I tell me, is JJ MVP? I think so, one hundred percent. He's my MVP on the year. Ah. Has been past month or so, like and. Every week, it just kind of adds to the argument for me. But I know they seem to have turned it into the quarterback award, though. So, oh. you still there, Danny? It's froze. I can, I can hear you, mate. Danny, Danny. Oh, okay. ah, he's back. He's back. We're all oh, he's back. Good. I was like, oops, froze up on me there on the call. But yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, JJ is 100. Oh. Okay, got it. I screwed up. We might need to edit this a little bit, but tell me more about JJ. Okay, so anyway, go back to it. Yeah, for me, JJ is one hundred percent the MVP. He's been fantastic all year, and I realised that you know, and over the past little while, it seems to have turned into the quarterback award. So as I said earlier, Jalen Hurts is in it. You know, he's in the debate against Mahomes, and they seem to be the only two horses that anybody's talking about these days. But for me, it's JJ, and nobody else comes close. Do you want to hear a wee sort of statistic or a, a whatever we might call it? But Jefferson passed Randy Moss to set the single-season Vikings record for receiving yards with 1,756 and counting. He also hit the 100-yard mark for the 24th time in 48 games. That's the most in NFL history through a player for through for a player his first four seasons. He's in his third season. The I guy is see. unreal. He's amazing. Have, honestly, he's like second coming a Megatron, isn't he? I, <laughs> I, I'd actually think he's passing Megatron to be honest. Like, and I oh, loved Love Megatron. I loved him. Oh, he was, he was a, I've, there no, was. I've not seen a player so clutch as as Jay-Z. Look, just this whole game, even like 19 seconds left in this game. Kirk Cousins, who does he go to? Lobs it up. JJ, bang, else sets it up for that field goal to actually win the game. Look, whenever he's been like I've saw it against my Patriots, I've seen it against countless games in the fourth quarter, no matter what's on the line. It's always JJ. They just go straight to Jefferson and he either mossy somebody, finds himself wide open. Defences don't know what to do with him. Do they play man against him? Do they double him? Do they bloody play off him, play soft, soft zone and just let him go underneath, catch the ball for nine yards so they don't absolutely roast him over the top? They, mm-hmm. Nobody knows how to play against Jefferson. He is so good. He is absolutely phenomenal to me. He's MVP as well. But... Let's let's quickly flip then to the other side before we go in it. Yeah. I think we spoke about lines enough. Let's go into the G Men. They get there was losses for Seattle and the Lions helps them this year, keeps them in the playoff hunt. Jones went 30 for 42, 334 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Is there is he the future of the franchise? I would say yes. Like I I think um Jones I mean, I used to like, you know, having a wee shot at Jones every now and then to annoy Murdo and the group chat. But <laughs> we I've all seen, do that. We all do that, you're right. But what I've seen of them this year, again, unless they're going to go out and get Minshew, I don't see another <laughs> quarterback. I don't see, you know, I don't see anybody else that they could pick up off free agency that will come in and be better. 
I mean, sure, maybe they go out and draft the guy this year, but what's wrong with sign, re-signing Jones and having somebody like sit on the sidelines? And if Jones eventually does screw it up in a year or two, yes, yeah, slide the new guy in, but let him develop yep. in the background. But for me, I, I thought Jones was steady enough. He kept them in it. Like, uh, you know, it was a, they were beaten with, what, four seconds left on the clock or something like yep. that for the final kick. So the G-men were right there, and the Vikings, they have the record they have for a good reason, as Smudger said. They, you know, it's not all luck. They're winning games, and I think the G-men should be proud of what they've achieved this year, and Jones has been a big part of that. No, yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, I think Jones hasn't really done too much wrong. Like saying, if, he, if he's consistent enough at the position, I think there's there's other areas before the QB position that the, the Giants would want to focus on as far as, you know, the, the next draft is concerned. And I totally agree with you, Stu. Yeah, get, get somebody else in, you know, another understudy that's going to be able to work underneath him for another, you know, season or two. Yeah, unless Jones, you know, monumentally screws up, does a, does a Zach Wilson or something, you know. There's other places yeah. that they can build on, you know, build around the key pieces that you've got already. And say you've got Barkley, you've got him back fit and he's playing, you know, um you know, doing doing things that you were used to seeing when he was you know in his rookie year. Um so yeah, for the Giants, I think that's that's gonna be probably the, the next building block, if you like, as far as their their, their new coaching team is concerned. Is, you know, how, how can we build around these key offensive uh, pieces and, and where else can we strengthen? So yeah, I don't think Jones is gonna be going anywhere. We'll see. Right, let's move on to our third and final game. The 6-8 and eight Green Bay Packers travelled to Florida to take on the 8-6 and six Miami Dolphins with the hope of keeping their playoff hopes alive. And to be honest, at 2010, with three minutes left in the second quarter, it looked like these hopes were going straight down the lavy. But a rejuvenated Green Bay defence picked off Tua three times in the fourth quarter to complete the comeback and defeat the Miami Dolphins 26-20. Uh, and this basically just blows off the doors and the, the playoff picture in the AFC and to be honest and the NFC it keeps the Green Bay Packers in the AFC hunt as well so Stu come on you must have seen some of this you tell us all about it so look I won't dive into the news that we got the day after the game yet so we'll just look at the game in isolation for what it was and uh, I think I was saying last week when we had our, our preview crew show and uh, was talk- we were doing that whole thing we were talking about playoff odds and simulations and I was saying how I was like actually you know the, the Packers looking at their you know their final games that they had they had a 65% if they had to win that game against the Finns but now that they've won it they've got a 65% chance of making the playoffs now just okay. because of who they face in the final two games Vikings uh, so and Lions yeah so it's like the Vikings are yep. already in so are, are they going to start I mean they're still on the hunt for the the bye week, and they're basically. both they're both at Lambeau as well. So it's not even if yep. it's they've got mm. to go on the road. Certainly yeah, the they're Eagles, and that's that's going to be yeah something to keep in mind as well. So yeah, yeah. So it's like you know with the Vikings. I mean, I would have said if they weren't in the hunt for the number one overall seed, they might start resting people because you're already in. You're safe. You've got your home field, you know, advantage for at least for one game because you you've won your division. Um, but for the Packers, they're at Lambeau, so they could win. But yeah, going back to the, the Dolphins game, though, Rodgers did what he had to do for what, you know, and he kept it steady and he's kind of done that the last few weeks. So it's it's not like he's vintage Aaron Rodgers all the time, but he had a few tosses in this game where it was. It was like, oh, there he is. There's the MVP from last year, like showing up the clutch plays, like on third down. A like couple of big plays to Lazard and Watson. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, a few deep shots or whatever that connected and they were, you know, it was all good timing and everything by Rogers. They looked more like his old self. Um, the Dolphins, yeah, for their side of things, Tua had a really weird game where he looked okay at first and then the second half, nope, just wasn't there. Like it all fell apart and everything that oh, could go wrong went you, wrong. You talk about the saying half now I, I didn't know of the plays in the second half and how they went so it started Green Bay touchdown Dolphins missed a 40 year field goal Green Bay interception Dolphins interception Green Bay field goal Dolphins interception Green Bay field goal Dolphins interception end game yeah, yeah. fucking mental absolutely yeah, absolutely you, you've got to I mean you, you kind of hinted at how this starts to when you're saying there like everything that came out Afterwards, after the game, the and there was the, there was that one moment towards the end of the second quarter yeah. where Tua falls backwards, and he absolutely clatters the back of his head in the field. And let's say there's, there's a lot of concern over the head injuries that he's had earlier on this season. The fact that he's gone back into concussion protocol again. Um, the fact that his second half was so poor. Um, those those three consecutive drives that all ended in, in bad interceptions. I mean, uh, talk about you know gifting the Packers uh, a win. You know, in the lead up to Christmas, he might as well have had a, a white beard and a red Santa suit on. Um, but it's, it was very unlike him up until that point. He did play really well. Um, yeah. So did yeah, he? I wonder, wonder did how... he? Because I, I think he did. You look at some of his plays, though. Like, you know, a lot of his yards are going like 84 yards to Waddle for that touchdown, which was superb. Absolutely unreal. Loved, absolutely loved Tyreek Hill's, you know, just work ethic and that, you know, run going alongside him. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Celebration at the end. The two of them just aye, working yeah. in tandem together. Really, um, really good connection between the two of them. And there's a couple of great deep passes to Hill, but I just never thought Tua really actually got going about spreading the ball about. He never looked comfortable properly. Like, oh, 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 I eight <laughs> degrees. It's fucking roasting. Don't give us any shit. Fucking eight degrees. <laughs> I'd, I'd die for eight degrees right now. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's minus eight degrees here where I am, and I feel like it's probably plus 20. It was minus 40 last week, so I'm wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Let's give them no credit for that down in Florida, right? They get enough of the fucking weather, right? <laughs> I, will, I will say to Tua, though, on the concussion thing, um, obviously, it's one of those things where, I don't know if you guys have ever been concussed, sometimes you don't know that you're concussed. Yeah. When you are, so I mean, he's maybe been asked, like, you, you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he maybe does feel completely fine. And I guess and that's where up. the protocol's meant to try and find out. Yeah. They're meant to actually try and do it. They've got independent observers there trying to find for signs of it. They'll try to pull them off. You but know, I can see, go through tests. We, but in hindsight, obviously, we saw him clap his head like at the end of the second. Like in hindsight, we'll look back and go, oh, okay, maybe it was then that it happened. But I can also understand why the spotters. Oh, definitely. Never, what, it wasn't as egregious as the, the earlier on in the year where they completely yeah, missed yeah. the yeah. fact he went fucking Bambi legs on us. You know, it was just like yeah, that, that never happened. But yeah. yeah. What I will say too, though, is, you know, props to, to Tua for the next morning, um, like actually calling in and saying, guys, uh, I'm not feeling right. Like I think I'm concussed again. So he actually brought it up because yeah. I think there, 
this is a whole other conversation that we can maybe have on like a, an off-season podcast around about the whole concussion issues in the NFL. Yeah, I think I so. think there's a lot of players that maybe suffer those low-grade concussions don't say anything. And, you know, if you're in a less prominent position than a quarterback, you're maybe less likely to say something as well, just because if you, you know, if you're a defensive, a DB or whatever, or safety, and you're not the star guy, you're maybe not going to say it because you're going to lose your job to someone else, and you might not get back in, kind of thing. Because you know, you know, you're only in there until you're not in there, and then that's your NFL career over. And you're thinking, well, I've only got a three-year career anyway, so I'm a bit concussed, but I'll be all right. So I'll just try and mm-hmm. ride it out. So fair play to two of are actually coming forward and saying. Guys, this isn't good. Um, but for the, the Dolphins, I think he's unlikely to get cleared to play this week. As a result, just you think he plays again this season? I don't know if he will. I mean, there's been a few other prominent players of you know former players have come out and said, "Listen, you know, you should really be missing the rest of the season to kind of fully recover from it." So, I mean, if, if that is the case, then you know Miami's playoff hopes now now rest with with Teddy B. Um, and you know they've got two two massive massive games. So if two is out and they haven't rely on Bridgewater, I mean that, that's going to take them. them. The Pats are um, going to take them this week. But on, on the plus it. side, you'd, we'll you'd try Jeff, and laddle our way out here. Uh, on the plus side, the Jeff Wilson <laughs> back and uh, him and Mostert had you know returned to their kind of timeshare running back committee. They they kind of shared snaps fairly evenly. They're gonna have to maybe lean on that a lot more. Um, and and, and these coming games, they're, they're massive, well, absolutely massive. Just, They've got just, to win one, if not both, of these next two games. Well, just quickly, right before we move on, because I'm just we're up time here, and I've got wee Keith's voice just there in the background, right. And I know I've had several pints and a couple of Jack Daniels, so right, I'm, I'm well on the ball here, right? Honest, Keith. <laughs> uh, Green Bay, did they make the playoffs now? Yes. Come on, Twitter. Yes. Yes. I think so. I think they will scrape through. I'm going to say no, but it's clearly it's only because I want the Lions to make it instead. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> I <laughs> thought. I can beat them, and uh, then that kind of ends up that wipes out their hopes, and the Lions squeeze in I, there. I, I, thought, I will say though, they say they're lucky, they're fortunate because say I thought that their win this week was gifted to them. I yeah, think, you know, I thought they were, so they were very lucky, I, but I just yeah, they couldn't run the ball. Rogers was throwing stuff up there. They weren't even giving it to Aaron. Sorry, I didn't even mention that, but they weren't even giving the ball to Aaron Jones. No, no, <laughs> absolutely nothing. They barely running. ran the ball. Right, okay, right, let's move on, right, we're going to go into the playoff implications, right, I'm, I'm bypassing other games here, Stu, right, I know that fine well, right, your Bengals, right, beat oh, my Pats, but that's just the way it goes sometimes, we we had it in our grasp, and just like most weeks, we throw it away, but let's just move on to the playoff implications then, right, okay, Stu, tell us about who was the biggest winners this week in the NFC Biggest winners in the NFC. I'm gonna. There's a few teams I could pick, but I'm actually gonna go with the G-Men because even though they they lost, just because of other results, they're still right in there and they're still ahead of the the Commanders as well in the standings as it goes. So I think the G-Men are actually looking pretty pretty likely to make the playoffs. So I'm selecting them as the biggest winners this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a great shout. Craigie, tell us about who were the biggest losers this week in the NFC. 
Based on based on recent news, I mean, it's it's all been going wrong at the Cardinals. JJ Watt's retirement was um, a, a little bit of a surprise, but then there's a lot of things going on in the background. You know, the his um, leaked health scare that they, they, he then had to tweet about himself because he wasn't happy about it. He's then decided to retire. It's a big blow for them. Kyler Murray's already out for this season, possibly the beginning of next season as well. Um, it, all is really not well there, to be honest. Um, they blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, eventually lost to the Bucks in overtime, 4-11 for the season, rock bottom of the NFC West. Not only is it five um, losses on the bounce for them, they've lost 12 of the last 13 games at home. I mean, that, that is so shocking. Um, so, but yeah. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury did get a new contract, so <laughs> that should be a nice pair for them when they sack him. I, I've yes. got to say, I was surprised they didn't actually go with the Seahawks, just given the fact that Cardinals are out of the playoff picture anyway. You know, the fact the Seahawks have won one of the last six games there. It was it was the what thing? It was that, slump, that announcement slump. today that kind of made me say, I just think if you're if you're a Cardinals fan, that's that's just bad to us, really, as far as bad news goes in a bad season. So yeah, yeah. Right, Smudger, tell us about who was the biggest winner this week in the AFC. The Jaguars! The Jacksonville Jaguars! Jaguars. They are now sitting top of the AFC South. Their destiny is in their own hands. Two games left, playing the Texans and the woeful Tennessee Titans. It is all clicking and all coming together at the right time for them. Um, They are my AFC winner for this week. Big, big result for them and... Yeah, I, th- I think they. I think they're going to do it. I think Superb. they're going to sneak in there. Who's no written for them? I'm going to say. I think everybody's secretly behind the Jags this year. The look like the Jags. The looks like they've got nine and eight wrapped up. Just get in there. No, definitely. Right, Stu, tell us all about who was this week's biggest loser in the AFC. First off, honourable mention to the Tennessee Titans because uh, they they could have been in there as. Uh, they're one of my selections for biggest losers, but they're, they're utter shit. Yeah, they're utter shit. They are, they, they they are they're terrible. winning that division for long, but they're they fell apart. They're out, and now there's rumours that Derek Henry might not be playing this Thursday either because he's carrying an injury designation. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, biggest losers though are the Dolphins, and just they've lost. Well, how many have they lost in a row now? Five, five, four in a row. So four in a row. Four in a row. Yeah, so they've lost four in a row. And they've now likely lost two for the year. So I think they still have a good team that they can build on for next year. I don't think anybody thought they were going to win the Super Bowl this season. And if they can get two or back, to me, I'm like, just leave them out for the rest of the year in terms of try and let that guy recover yeah. and come back for next season if it's possible. Um, but at least don't ruin the guy's life anymore. Yeah. Or he has to make that stance as well. But yeah, Dolphins, biggest losers. Because I guess you look at the FC and you're saying the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Ravens and the Chargers are all in. Right now yeah. it's the Jags and the Dolphins are sitting in those next two seats. Patriots, Jets, Titans, Steelers and Raiders are still in the bubble. It's looking unlikely. The Pats play Dolphins next week. That's that's be five in a row when they when they get beat by the Pats, Danny. That's that's what I meant by five in a row. Oh, mate. <laughs> I wish. Hey, you just, I will say though, Danny, you just need to watch this team the, makes my heart. You say your quarterback, Mac the knife. Right. He's trying, there, trying to murder Eli Apple like well away for the mate, Just watch you try and kill any dolphins. 
I did you not see Joe Burrow's attempted scythe on Marcus Jones as he had that magnificent pick six running back, but he just scurried, shimmy, jumped over the top of him. Don't dare sit and tell me about Mac Jones going in low when I saw your Joe Burrow do the exact same to our MVP caliber cornerback, rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, special (laughs) teams player of the year, Marcus Jones. Danny, the difference is, is Marcus Jones had the ball. Eli Apple was a blocker that was well out of the play. He was just throwing a a great block like a great teammate does. There was no need for the block that was miles off the play. Tell well, you, you Joe, just never know. You just never know. As I said last week, I want, Matt, sorry. I want exactly. Matt Jones to do well. I want Matt Jones to do well, but I just... There's the odd weird play, and it's just funny seeing the difference in effort in that one when he's going for a guy that doesn't have the ball and the play at the end of the game where he had this weird, I'm going to try and tackle someone. Oh, no, I fell over. Oh, that's why. Maybe that's why. Maybe he was just like, oh, these yeah. people are getting on my back. I need to make more of an effort. He's I like, need to kill Eli Apple. <laughs> Leave him to alone. be honest, Eli Apple is like kicking a puppy, though. He is so shite. There's absolutely no need to tackle him like that. But that's fair Especially enough. He's not even get the ball. He's not to do anything. He's just running up there. <laughs> we let you off the hook this week, Stu. Right, just before we finish up, I'll give you a couple of minutes. Like, are you not worried the fact that your Bengals, like, after your first half performance against Tampa, your second half performance against us, Jesus, like, that's a bit kind of flaky of a team. Like, you should have lost. Mondry, okay, I've got my own opinion. I think the play should have been called dead long before the ball came out. He was already getting pushed two, three, four yards further back than he'd progressed, but we should have won that game uh, and you that's a bit of a worry nah I'm not worried at all like, uh, you have to remember the Pats get back into it on I mean what I mean, is there was in pick six no there was the ridiculous what was it third and 27 29 third and 29 for Mike Jones third and 29 and there was like a ridiculous Scotty Washington just pam, just a lateral pam, just spinning back to Jacoby Myers. <laughs> that was that was pure Matt, Matt Patricia. That was Matt Patricia's design the you whole time. That. <laughs> Matt Patricia, that's right, that offensive genius. But no, I mean honestly, <laughs> honestly looking at it, like the offense, we were what twenty two nothing up at half time, and we should have been further out of sight, like because uh, it was the couple where Chase had one landing his shoulder. He should have caught that, and then Irwin there was another like certain completion. Like he Burrow was until the, until the pick six, like Burrow was absolutely balling. Like and even the different receptions, he was throwing balls into tight windows, nailing passes. He couldn't stop then, him at all. Yeah, but then in the second half, the Bengals defense actually played it fantastically well. Like I thought they were really good. Yeah, the Pats put up some points, but I feel like there was a bit of, and maybe you don't want to see this, there was a bit of foot off the gas, I felt, kind of happened. Kendrick well. Bourne came into the game for us as well. Kendrick Bourne made yeah. a massive difference. He's always been our, he's been our best receiver. He fell away with Matty P. He's not getting a game. Hey-ho. You know. Well, he's only be on my, my radar as a deep pick next year, I think, just to give de- away my draft. Depend, de- depends what team he's on. Because he's a he's a great receiver, but I'm not entirely sure he's got been the Patriots. But right, lads, looking at the time, Keith is already shouting us. He's called us several names, most of them with F's, B's, and C's at the start. Fabulous, of them. brilliant. 
Jeez, is uh, that not just a draft grade? Cunning. <laughs> cunning, yeah. Right, right, we're moving that. on from <laughs> we're moving on about draft and fantasy this week, Stu, right? You you can blow your own bloody trumpet about that one. Finals, we'll talk about that in the preview show. <laughs> exactly, <Thursday>. exactly. <laughs> I'll leave you to oh actually I'm back on, but I've got a wedding tomorrow. Big Steve, who's part of our group, but he's not yeah. part of the crew. I've got his wedding tomorrow. There's a good chance that I am actually on on Thursday as a panellist rather than a host. So I'm either going to be either pissed, hungover, or asleep. Take your pick, whoever it might be. All of the above. There's a good chance I'm the ball. (laughs) Get yourself a chocolate milkshake, Danny, and I feel much better. This this chat has really sorted me out. I now feel ready to go up and have a pint. Mate, I'm going to get straight back on it. This is what we're here for. I'm yeah. gonna get. I'm, I'm on the beer. I'm on the, the Jack Daniels. I'm I'm going all out. It's Christmas week after all. Uh, well, congratulations to Steve. I will say that. Like even though he's a Steelers, isn't he? Yeah. But I'm still going to congratulate him. And also, congratulations on having the chance to maintain your at least 500 season record. Yeah, and I think it has to be bit, plus five. A, a big record. congrats to Steve and that's a great Absolutely. couple. Great yeah. folks. Congrats. Have a great day. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm going to get my glad rags on, get my coat on. I'm going to look dapper, and then I'm going to be dying. So <laughs> next time I speak to you, I'm going to be oh, probably more pissed than I am now, which is pretty surprising. Right, anyway, lads, if you get any sign off with, tell us your final thoughts. One, only one sign off for me. Just, just one other highlight of the the weekend for me was the New York Jets and their attempted trick play with Chris Strevler. <laughs> they got called for a fox star. Everyone but the centre. I absolutely <laughs> love it when penalties get called for that. That Everyone just absolutely them. cracked Correct. me up. And I think that deserved a mention. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant weekend of football. Christmas weekend. What's, what's not to like? Superb. Um, Great, great talking about with you boys, and even more to talk about this weekend fantasy finals weekend. Great, let's pass on, right, Stu? How <laughs> any final thoughts for you, mate? Uh, I mean, I feel like I've said it all about the fantasy, so I'm gonna stick to that. But, yes, uh, please move on from that. We'll move on to that. Okay, now final thoughts for this week. Um, yeah, I think that I'm just I'm looking forward to that Pats game actually coming this this week because yeah. I think. Fins, that's mm-hmm. gonna be that's gonna have huge playoff implications. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens and let's see if Teddy can do it. Teddy Superb. B can get in it. Whether he's gonna get picked off or Judon's yeah. gonna murder him. I've always right. got a soft spot for Teddy B. First ever jersey that I bought was a Teddy Bridgewater jersey when he was a Vikes QB. So well, he's got a bit of good top he business. He's got <laughs> Chafee one end and Judon for the other. Right. Anyway, right. We'll wrap up there, lads. Thanks very much for listening every day. Subscribe, use a rating and follow, all that good stuff. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. It's Grind Crew uh, on Twitter and there's something else on Instagram. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure something else will out there. We'll tweet it or something like that. At Grid Iron Crew, I think it's just that as well. <laughs> I think there's, there's I think underscores. There's underscores. There's underscores. Grid underscore, yeah. underscore well, Crew. Yeah. Somebody will tweet it better than me because I shouldn't be allowed to charge AMD. Right. Anyway, drop his mentions, all that stuff. Love to hear from folk. Uh, the crew will be back on Friday. I'm going to be there, as I just mentioned. I'm going to be hungover. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to be even more drunker than I am now. So, God bless you all. Have a good time. Cheers, guys. See you later on. Bye.